Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. Live from Sunny Slope here at the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We have the lovely Shira on phones and music. Give her a call. She's getting lonely. She's only got one on. She can catch three more fish. Maybe four before the next uh, next break. Maybe five or six or eight. She's a good fisher one. Anyway, uh, give her a call. 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Lynn and Glendale. Good morning, Lynn. Hi, Brian. Hey, questions on yellow bells. Can you plant them this time of the year? You could pretty much plant them any time of the year. Oh, okay. Is there one that grows bigger and best? Well, there's a, certain... lot, there's a lot of different ones that grow all different kinds of sizes. And so you really need to kind of, you know, take a look and see what you want. Is there a color you prefer, Lynn? Well, I think that the yellow, I don't want orange. Okay. I understand so there's orange. There's a lot of oranges, too. And if, and if you're an ASU person, we got to congratulate them on winning. And they have a Sparky, which is a smaller one. But one called Gold Star is a pretty good one that has a thicker leaf on it and a bright gold flower. And that might be the best for you. And that was, will that grow? I, I see them and they're huge. Well, that, that Gold that Star, it, it, it'll grow eight feet pretty easily. Now, the, the biggest right, ones are the grow, Orange Jubilees, but uh, but you don't like orange. Oh, the Orange Jubilees grow bigger? They're bigger and faster. Okay. And then these are fast growers? Are they kind of like... They're fast growers in the summertime, so what's going to happen this time of year, they're fairly, uh, they're pretty much almost okay. dormant. They're not going to grow much until spring, and they're going to kick it up with the heat in the longer days, and they'll start to grow fast in April, and they'll grow okay. very quickly all summer long. But yeah, you really want to stay away from some of the sparkies then, and the red ones are not going to be as large. But um, okay. So the, the bigger yellows, if you want yellow, will be great. Okay, fantastic. And you have them at the store? Very yeah, we have thousands. Okay. <laughs> hey, do you guys still have geraniums? Oh no, we never sell geraniums anymore. It's geranium what? season, Lynn. We're loaded with the things. They're they're coming well, in every day from our farms and things, and uh, it's been a busy yeah, I weekend. Went big, I went to the big store and they didn't have any more, and I don't know if they got any more in. Well, no, I over on Glendale Avenue. We've been getting it. We get trucks in every day. And, okay, uh, and we, we grow a lot of geraniums and we bring geraniums from other people as well. But that's kind of our mainstay this time of year. And it's prime geraniums. Oh, yeah. That's one of our things for this area. It's a, it's a must to have geraniums. Well, they're pretty in there, you know, and they love our climate so well. And, you know, they're just a, a plant that likes the desert. And uh, they really are beautiful here all the way through the end of May. And then all of a sudden it's time for the wild goose. They have to fly away. Thank you, Brian. Love your show. Love you guys. Thanks, Lynn. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Ruth in Phoenix. Good morning, Ruth. Hi. Good morning. I have a question regarding a ficus tree. I have, um, it was uh, as big as uh, my two-story house, and it uh, got citrus canker. So I did uh, have him uh, cut it down, but there is still a stump in there that... Um, they said that it's going to grow. Well, a week after we cut it down, it, it started blooming on the bottom of that mm-hmm. stump. But 
I don't think that's going to go fast enough for me because I need shade for next summer. So I want to remove that big stump. I'm wondering if it's okay if I plant another uh, tree after I remove that stump and clean it up. Oh, sure. That will that other tree get sooty canker? It will get sick. No, the reason they get sooty cankers, they're stressed in the summer when it's just too hot and they can't really have enough, don't have enough moisture, can't transpire moisture and cool themselves down. And that's when they get hurt. And, um, but no, you could, you could take the stump out and plant another tree with that Ruth. And I wouldn't be worried about the sooty canker spreading. Oh, that would be awesome. I have one more question. I have another citrus, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, another ficus and it's just as huge in the front yard. And uh, one branch uh, uh, was about three to four inches uh, wide, you know, thick. And I cut it down because it was sick also. But it seems like the the rest of the tree is doing okay. Uh-huh. Um, do you think it's still going to spread and continue to kill that no, tree? No, no. You know, basically, Ruth, what we found, and, you know, I have my big pet ficus that's over at our Glendale Avenue nursery that I planted in 1979. And it's, mm-hmm. it's big. And... Um, so three years ago, when we had the terrible August, I got some city canker started in that tree. And so we treated that by pruning out the city canker and then treating it with Monterey disease control, which is a bacteria that oh. eats fungus. And we sprayed it on the foliage and put it around the base of the tree. And it completely eliminated the city canker and the tree's back healthy as ever. And it's a beautiful big tree. But um, so if you, you know, if you have some sooty canker still in your tree, you need to prune it out. And when you prune it out, you need to make sure that the pruning tools uh, are basically sanitized between cuts. So you don't want to spread it when you're pruning the, the branches out. And if you have somebody else doing it, just stand out there with a bucket full of bleach water and watch them and have them clean their tools. And then there's this product called Monterey Disease Control. And you can put it on the foliage and on the soil. And it goes systemically up through the tree and helps to kill the, you know, basically the fungus. Okay. The city canker is a fungus. So it kills the fungus. And then, um, you know, fertilize. Now it's getting late in the year to fertilize right now, but I wouldn't be afraid to fertilize a big ficus tree to have it put out more foliage. They'll grow pretty well with this weather. So if you'd fertilize it, treat it with a little of the Monterey disease control, prune out anything else you see, I think it'll be fine. That's great news. Can I buy the Monterey Disease Control uh, at your uh, nursery? Absolutely. I go to the one here on Southern. Yeah, yeah. Just talk to Hugo oh. there on Southern, and he'll he'll hook you up. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, Hugo won't be there today. You have to talk to one of the other girls. Or I'll, I might be there a little bit today too, but um, yeah. But we will be there. We will be there and have it today. And, and Hugo's there Monday through Saturdays. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ruth. Bye bye. All right. All right. Bye. Uh, James and Gilbert. Good morning, James. Hello. Um, I have two questions. One, we planted a moringa tree, and I'm not sure how to care for it. Do I have to fertilize it? I'm not sure how to care for them either, James. You know, those are trees that it's kind of been fun. They've they've become more popular over the last, uh, oh, really 10 years. Uh, They're they're fairly frost tender, but aside from that, they're a tropical tree and, you know, grow pretty fast and get decent size. As far as feeding it, I wouldn't worry about feeding it too much right now. I would feed it in the spring and March or maybe okay. even in the end of as soon as you think it's not going to freeze again. And then you can kind of prune it back and shape it. They're not one of the most, in my opinion, attractive trees in the world, but they, you know, they're useful for their beans and their fruit and different things. But um, they, they, they tend to thrive unless we have a hard freeze. So if you can see you're going to have a hard freeze, you're going to want to protect it. Okay, well, it's probably about 
still maybe 10, 15 feet tall. Yeah, it gets more and more difficult to protect as they grow. Yeah, it would. But they're also but more frost-hardy frost, frost hardy and more durable as they grow, too. Look, we have an African shumac, and um, we lost probably about half of that. I had it trimmed all the dead out of it. Yeah, it was so very unusual this year, James. I, this is the first time I've ever seen African sumacs to come to the heat, but they really have. And uh, never, I never knew that there was any amount of heat that could possibly hurt a sumac until this year. And what do I do to bring it back? I've had uh, it trimmed back wa- wa- bit, water, so water it and fertilize it this spring. You know, it's not going to grow much now. It'll grow a little bit. You can feed it right now. It's not going to hurt it. It's not at all frost tender. I would, I okay. would feed it right now, like with the citrus food and deep water it. And you'll get some growth for the next month or so. But if you really want it to come back fast, feed it in the spring. Water it heavy once a month if you're in Gilbert with clay soil. And, and feed it once a month. It'll grow back fast in the spring. Over in Sun City. Oh, it's, it's, okay. Yeah, about Sun City is kind of the same way. you got heavy clay soil. Okay. Okay. Thank you much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Richard in Phoenix. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Brian. How you doing? Enjoy the morning. Oh, good, good. My question is, um, I removed a, I shut down the tree, and I got a stump. And I'm wondering, should I have a bonfire, or should I use that uh, stump killer pellet? Um, the reason is, I want to replant the tree over it again. Richard, what, okay? what, what, what kind of tree was it? It was a mora tree. Oh, what kind? A mora, maple. Maple. Oh, you mean Morris album? Yeah. Maybe a mulberry? Yeah, mulberry. There you okay. Go. All right. So, how was it an old tree? Yeah, it was like four years old. Okay. So you, you pretty much, if you're going to plant, you can plant next to it without having a problem. Okay. Okay. Or you can have the stump and, ground. You still have to plant next to it if you're going to plant a tree of any size because they usually can't grind it that deep. Um, uh-huh. But that shouldn't be a problem. And should I should I have a bonfire to get rid of the stump, or because it's pretty down there? Well, trying trying to burn something with a bonfire in the ground is pretty hard because you don't get enough oxygen. You know, unless okay. unless you had a gas powered torch and you're just going to have a flamethrower and burn it out, maybe. But uh, I, I think if you just get it cut down below the grade, I think you'll be fine. Yes. And just should I use that stump killer thing to get rid of it? I guess well, more plastic. If you, if you what I would probably do is just hire somebody with a stump grinder to come grind it out for you. Ah, they've got okay. those little grinders and they've got all different sizes and they can even get in the backyards and things and they just grind them down below the grade then you don't have to wet wrestle with it anymore okay sounds good thank you so much Brian thanks Richard bye bye uh, we're going to take a short break while we're gone we do have a couple lines available number to call 602-277-5827 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show we're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR Feel that chill, smell that fresh cut grass. I'm back in my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. Standing in the huddle, listening to the call. Fans going crazy for the boys of fall. They didn't let just anybody in that club. Took every ounce of heart and sweat and blood To get the wear those game day jerseys down the hall Kings of the school, man, where the boys are fall 
it's turning face the stars and stripes it's fighting back them butterflies it's And uh, we've got to congratulate some boys. ASU and U of A had a good weekend. Not to mention those Diamondbacks. <laughs> anyway, we got a couple lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Ralph and Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, enjoying the morning, Ralph. Hey, I lost a... Uh... 30-year-old uh, evergreen ash tree over the summertime that I think the sun killed about half the tree. And that's the second time now I've lost quite a bit of it. So I had it cut completely down. And what I'm thinking about doing is putting in a navel orange in its place. Uh, when's a good time to plant them? Well, Ralph, now's not a bad time to plant navel, but navels grow pretty slow. Um, what about putting a tangelo in instead? Tangelo, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, the difference between a mini yellow tangelo and a navel orange is how fast they grow. So, like oh, for it? me, I, I don't know how optimistic I am, but I think I am still going to plant with with my my son's uh, some more navel oranges. But navel oranges realistically take about eight or ten years to make a big tree, where a mini yellow tangelo has wonderful fruit and grows twice as fast. You know, you can have a decent sized yeah, tree. True. And it's and a it's, wonderful it's taste. Edible also? And it's very delicious. I mean, here in the here in the valley, we grow navels and we grow tangelos. We have a hundred acres of each. I well, we only have sixty acres of navels, but we grow a lot of tangelos too. But the flavor on the Mineola tangelos, when you pick them ripe, and uh, you know, ripe on those guys is about the second or third week of uh, January, and they are absolutely delicious oh. through April, and. Uh, I rank them up with any kind of citrus in the world because their acid sugar content is so good. And what makes growing citrus yeah. here in our desert special is the fact that we have the cool nights and hot days, and that's why we get more acid and higher sugar and better fruit. And how how big of a trees do you sell? Do you do you guys plant these or? Yeah, we can deliver and plant them. We sell trees from fifteen gallon to thirty six inch box trees. So a 36-inch box tree, you're getting about a six- or seven-year-old tree. But even on a 15-gallon, you'll have fruit to begin with. That's about a four- to five-year-old tree. Oh, okay. And I can get all the price and everything from the place on Glendale? Oh, yeah. Let's come over and see us. We'll, we've got you know lots okay. of in stock. We grow, we grow lots and lots of citrus trees, and uh, we do it commercially now, too. It's a lot of fun. That little place on Glendale was my grandparents' orange grove when I grew up. And I started selling oranges right. there in the street in 1965 at five years old. So. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, I've been here since I've been here since '52 and bought a lot of plants out of there. Well, thanks for thanks for your support, Ralph. Come by and see us. And I like I said, I'd really recommend if you want a citrus, uh, a tangelo over a navel, because if you've been around that long, uh, so have I. We we don't have as many years to grow them as we once did. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's correct. Okay, thanks a lot, Brian. Thank you, Ralph. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Bernadette in Youngtown, and then Sally, and then it could be you. All you have to do is give Miss Zandra, not Zandra, Shira a call. You know what? Zandra's going to come over and join Shira here one of these days. So if, you, if you've heard Zandra on our other show, I uh, we had to sign her off and say sayonara yesterday because she's going to become part of the KTR team. So we're going to welcome her here. Right, Shira? And anyway, uh, Bernadette, good morning. Good morning. Um, we bought some fruit trees from you. And uh, our peach tree died. And so do you have peach trees now or not? We do. Um, you know what? And they're all kind of coming back better. We we lost a few of ours this summer, too. It was a rough summer. But uh-huh. yeah, come, come in and see us. just didn't do it either. Our tangelo, they got really hard and, and small. And so we just picked them all off. But uh, well, the, the tangelos wouldn't get ripe for quite quit. a while. Well, the, the peach trees had a rougher time in the summer than the stone fruit. I mean, than the citrus do. But um, yeah, but we had fruits for two years. And then all of a sudden it just quit this year. So we can come. We get one, huh? Yeah, well, it was just the heat. You know, the problem was, uh-huh. you know, we, we've never been this hot before, Bernadette. And uh, uh-huh. and your prices are wonderful. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, I'll, you know thank what? You I'll, so I'll, much. I'll, I'll make sure that we have some more there by Monday. I'm not sure we have, but I know down at our growing grounds in, in South Phoenix, we've got a crop that's coming back out after the summer pretty nice. So I'll make sure we have them in the nurseries next week. And how, how late are you open on, like, Saturday? We're coming over there for Veterans Day. Saturdays were open until 5.30. Okay, good deal. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we have Mustang Sally. Hello, Sally. <laughs> well, good morning, Mustang Sally. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, I have a Texas Mountain Laurel. It's just beautiful, but... This past summer, of course, wreaked havoc on it. I was curious how to bring it back to life. Its leaves are quite yellow. Some are browning, and then there's still um, some green left on it, which is very exciting because it's probably about a 12-year-old tree. Okay. And so I don't know, um, you know, fertilizer, watering at this point, what do you recommend? So let's use, like, some citrus food on it, Sally. Um, you know, like the sixteen eight four or something like along those lines, and um, okay, you know, just one good option, one good shot of fertilizer right now. They're really not frost tender, and they can green up quite a bit. And then you want to make okay. sure that you're not overwatering it or underwatering it, so it doesn't want to stay real wet. Where do you live? What cross streets? Um, Mesa, Chandler area. Well, give me some major I'm, intersection. Okay, Alma School and Elliott. Oh, okay, you still have pretty good soil. It varies a lot around the valley, and I've and the reality is I've dug a lot of holes in the valley in my life, so I've seen a lot of soil. Right, right. But uh, so you, have, you you have very good soil in your neighborhood, and if it's that mature, I would say watering it once every ten days or so would be ideal for the winter time. And really doesn't need okay. any more than that. So be careful not to try and overwater it. But if you'd fer- okay. fertilize it, water your fertilizer in right now. Okay. Um, it, okay. it should green back up and uh, make sure that it's not staying too wet either. Okay. So it doesn't, it really wants to be watered about every 10 days. And as it cools off in okay. December, you know, once or twice a month's fine. But, you know, for the okay. growing season starting next spring, back to 10 days. And if it's real hot like it was this summer, you could water it once yeah. a week. Okay. So every 10 days at this point, get some citrus um, fertilizer. And around the canopy of the tree or right at, you know, kind of like You want to fertilize it where it's been historically watered. Is it on a drip system or how do you normally water it? 
Yeah, it is on a drip system, and then I usually supplement it just with hand watering. Okay. So depending on how, you know, if your drip system is running properly, it shouldn't be run probably more than once a week and uh, long enough to get the water down a couple of feet deep. Okay. Okay. Excellent. That sounds very good. Oh, I hope it comes back to life because I just love that tree. It will. (laughs) Thanks, Sally. Okay. And uh, lastly, go Diamondbacks. Oh, man. Amazing, isn't it? They they are the coolest. You you know, I I was a person who grew up in a baseball family, and I actually coached baseball and softball for about 25 years and just loved the the game. But I have never seen athletes or a team with the talent the Diamondbacks have at any level. I mean, and they're so young, and they're just fun to watch, and you never can tell who's going to do what. And I would hate to be a batter for another team to face a pitching staff that has that many good pitchers that could throw that many styles. And what a a fun job the manager has, you know. It's got to be a blast managing that team. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sally. Uh Bye-bye. Bye. Grant and Surprise. Good morning, Grant. Hey, buddy, I got a question for you. I got an arbor with Lady Banks roses going up uh, each side. It's beautiful. Had it for years. One side is really struggling. The other side is uh, flourishing. It's just holding on barely. It's turning. It's light green, not brown yet. Looks like it's to the point of dying. I was wondering if there's anything I can do for that. Well, check your watering, okay? And I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if the side that was to the west and southwest, even northwest, you know, got burnt pretty bad this summer. But this is yep, the time exactly. of year. Now the, yep. late, the lady banks, they'll grow all winter. You can still come back and have that nice bloom in the spring. Fertilize them right now. Okay. Okay. And, and a balanced fertile like a 10, 10, 10, 20, 20, 20 would be fine. You might give them okay. a little bit of extra magnesium. So that's just Epsom salt. Okay. If you have that at home, you don't have to go buy it special, but probably okay. up to a quarter cup or so of magnesium on a big, a big plant like that would be just okay. a good benefit. And uh, let's see if we can't turn them around and get some good growth right now, because while they'll grow slower this time of year, they'll still grow right through the winter. Okay. All right, perfect. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Grant. Have fun. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, looks like next we have Ellen in Sun City, but after Ellen, it's wide open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, Brian. Uh, I have what I was told was the Western Ash. It has been in the ground. It was a 24-inch box, I think, when we planted. It's been in the ground about five years. I don't think it made it through the summer. It has a bit of green leaves here and there. And I'm wondering how long do I wait before I have it taken down? Uh, Do I wait through the winter? What can I do to see if it's really going to come back? What is your advice? Well, it's probably some type of an Arizona ash. Let me ask you this. Does it have seeds? No. Okay. So does it have like a graft on the bottom or you see like a little knob close to the ground? Uh, yes. Okay. So it's a grafted Arizona ash of some site, uh, probably a Fantex or Fan West. But at any rate, as long as it's got balanced foliage and a few leaves on all the different branches, it'll probably come back out. So what I would do for it right now is I would, you know, pick up a product called Super Thrive. You can buy that any nursery or garden center. And that's one of the things we're going to use that combined with some balanced fertilizer. Do you have any like 21714 lawn fertilizer around everything? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's a perfect fertilizer for it. Let's, uh, is it growing in, in lawn or rock or what's around it? 
It's rock. Okay. It's just in rock, yeah. So let's kind of clean out the well. And how large in diameter is the trunk? Oh, probably eight inches. Okay, so it's inches. a pretty good sized tree. So let's give it, yeah. you know, in that 21714, let's give it about a pound. Okay. Okay. And and spread it all around underneath the tree. You can just hose it in and let the hose run slow overnight, you know, and push it down. And then come back with some of that super thrive, okay, and put that on at the same time. And it's still warm enough right now. You might pop a bunch of new buds and leaves and see where it's going to come back out from. But, uh, okay. Okay. you know, this is the beginning of our spring here. I mean, we kind of start it in the fall in the desert. And uh, if we can get it back happy now, it should f- shed the foliage this winter and come back in the spring and be a happy tree again. Um, okay. But as far as that fertilizing, you know, make sure you do that right away. Okay. And, and at least a pound. So you, let's just say if you wanted to, you could put on probably four or five cup loads, cups of uh, 21714. Okay, good. And can I ask you one quick question? Other question? Only if you're smiling. I am smiling. <laughs> I know I have fungus. I have a, my property is backed by a large uh, block wall, mm-hmm. brick wall. And I have lost several plants along the back due to fungus. You might have some. And, I'll uh, tell you what, Ellen, we've got to do a hard break here with the news, but hold on and you'll come back first after the news. Okay. Okie doke. And we'll be right back with After the News with Mr. Troy Barrow here. We'll find out what's happening in the world. He's here and he's smiling. Appreciate the calls. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Where's your wings, little angel? And we'll get back to the phones. Uh, Ellen, good morning again. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I have uh, like uh, several, I've lost several bushes uh-huh. in a row okay. uh, along a block of back wall. In which and direction is the really wall facing? South. So it's on the south it side of the wall? It's Well, the plants are shaded by the wall in the afternoon. Okay, they're on the north side. But of the okay. They are. The plants are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excuse me. It's a north-south facing wall. The okay. plants are on the north side of the wall. Mm-hmm. But the, it gets really hot back there. But uh, actually, the guy that does my landscaping told me he thought I had root rot or fungus in the ground. And the, the roots just dissolve into nothing. Okay. So, so I haven't replaced them. So my question is, 
how can I validate that that's true? And the second is, if it is, what do I do about it? Well, the best thing to do is plant plants that are more resistant to root rot. Okay, so root rot doesn't kill everything. It, it certainly has its favorites. I mean, there are things as durable as like oleanders that root rot's not going to bother at all. And there's other plants like like hibiscus that root rot really can you know be lethal for. Um, and it did. <laughs> that's so exactly what it killed. We, we could treat it with like, like a fungicide. Okay, and, that, and that's where it comes in like that Monterey disease control. That's a bacteria mm-hmm. that eats fungus, okay? And it, it can be fairly effective. But the other thing you'd want to do is you'd want to plant the plants a little higher, okay? Especially with the clay in Sun City. So make sure that they're not planted too deep. And you would also want to make sure that your irrigation is not running too frequently. So for, okay. for most plants, when they're somewhat established, weekly watering is more than ideal, even in the heat of the summertime. Okay. And there's other plants like, for, like sages and things like that you could plant too, which would be much hardier. Okay. So stay away from the hibiscus, plant them higher, and cut back on my watering. Got well, it. Oh, yeah, frequency. Not You know, you want to water deep, yeah. but you want to let it get dried out. And the, the, the difference is in Sun City, we have heavy clay, and uh, we also have a calcium layer below that doesn't the water doesn't penetrate. So, you know, if you're watering very much, it's going to retain a lot of water, and too much water is like getting athlete's feet. That's how you get funguses and have problems. Okay. Okay, well, thank you very much, Brian. I really appreciate your help today. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Uh, Dennis and Glendale. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Brian. Um, I've got uh, some rebellias on my south wall, south-facing south wall, and they're, they're not doing very good. It's, I, I think it's just too hot for them. What would I replace them with? Okay, what t- were, they, were they ruellas? Yeah, they they have a purple flower. Uh-huh. They, grew, they grow about six, uh, 18 inches high. Okay, that's the dwarf one. If you, I'll tell you what's really hardy there, if you didn't mind something taller, would be to use the Ruella Botanica, if you like that flower. The Britannica is going to grow more like three to four feet tall. But okay, that, that's fine. But that one's very hardy, you know, and the Ruella Cades, the dwarf ones, don't take the heat near as well. Okay, I could just tra- transplant those. It's, it's it's a med. What was it? What was it again? It's Ruella, okay, but it, it's yeah. Britannica. It's a taller one. You come to the nurseries and you'll see them, and they're you know, usually in a five gallon can. They're about eighteen inches to two feet tall. But that, okay. it's a wonderful plant that's very hardy. That'll take the heat, and it'll be fine. But the little Ruella Cades don't like the reflected heat so much. Okay. All right. Real good. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Dennis. Bye bye. Well, that leaves us with some open lines, folks. And we have the lovely Shira here on phones at about a half an hour left. You can give her a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Margie. Good morning. How are you? Enjoying the morning. <laughs> so I have a jacaranda that I've called you about before. Um, one side looked dead and the other side still had green in it. But now the whole thing looks dead. And so... I haven't been able to get out there and water it like usual because I've been dealing with shingles. Ouch. So I, yeah, tell me about it. Um, so anyway, I'm wondering if there's any hope for it or, or is it kind of done for? Well, if you go out with a sharp knife and you scrape the bark and the wood's green underneath, there's hope. Okay. Okay. If you scrape the bark and the wood's dry, it's dry, you know, and it probably won't come back out. Um, <clears throat> but it may be that, you know, it, it's going to be alive down lower. You might have to cut part of it off. It should start to come back out right now. What I would do is probably throw a shot of Super Thrive on it and some fertilizer and see if it doesn't pop a few buds out here in the next month, if it doesn't start to come back somewhere. And then what you could do is just leave it until spring and then cut it back at the point where it's regenerating from and let it come back out. 
And when I trim it, did you say now some more? Well, what I would do first is see if you're going to get it to pop any buds. But if you're out scraping the bark, and if it's dry, there's no reason that you need to leave any of that wood. You could scrape all that off. Yeah. And we just cut the cut the branches down. Okay. And I have a yucca plant. It's kind of weird. It's like half of it, um, the leaves are just like bent over, and the other is standing up like normal. Is like it a, almost somebody sat a on yucca it or, or an agave? Well, it's got the skinny leaves that, you know, and then has the pinkish red flowers oh, red in the spring uh-huh. that's, you know, all over the place. Yeah. Everybody plants it. it. It's pretty hardy. It should probably come back out. It might have been damaged by the extreme heat we had this summer. Okay. I don't know if I should trim it back or anything. Or well, I mean, if you wanted to, if you wanted to kind of start over, Margie, what you could do is just, I'd just probably leave it till spring because it's not going to grow much now. And like in okay. March, just cut the whole thing off to like six inches tall or four inches tall and let it come back and regenerate. Okay. It, it's not going to really grow about, much in the winter though. Okay. Um, and I have some fire stick plants that, you know, look damaged from the heat. Um, is now okay time to trim those back too? You can trim them back and shape them some, you know, and then they're going to get that pretty winter color and, you know, life will be good again. Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate the help. Thanks, Margie. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Loida and Mesa, good morning. Good morning. I am frustrated. I need your advice. I planted my vegetable garden. We put a uh, fence around it to keep the bunnies out. That's been working. But, uh, the birds started to pick on my plants, so we covered it in bird netting. That's been good to go. But every morning I go out, my green beans have no leaves. What hmm. do you think it could be? Well, you could have, yeah, usually it'd be more like grasshoppers. Okay. So you can look I haven't at seen any grasshoppers, but I know lots. We have lots of crickets. Well, actually, crickets, it could be mice, too. Oh, don't tell me that. Well, Ugh. mice like to eat young vegetables. I mean, we all do. I mean, everybody, that's why we plant a garden, right? <laughs> plant, plant stuff to go out there and eat and enjoy exactly. it. Exactly. And we're not yeah, the only ones leaving, that enjoy it. <laughs> they're leaving all the other plants alone, except for my green bean leaves. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, could, I, I would think it, crickets maybe. Uh, I think mice would be a big possibility. Oh, yeah. You might just okay. put a couple of mouse traps out and see if you catch some. Mm, okay, you know, well, I'll try it. And they, so and they, and they <laughs> kind of really like peanut butter. You know, what they what really works yes. well is a meat stick with a piece of with peanut butter on top of it. You know, like well, a, slim, a slim jim, and that way they can't get that slim jim meat off, and that works pretty well in the little yeah. bit. Okay, I, I'll have I would my suspect mice because out. they can go right through the the fences that would stop the rabbits. Even the even the bird we put bird netting even around the sides of it. No, you're you're just so kind. You're growing this wonderful garden for all of Mother Nature to enjoy. <laughs> I am. Um, I enjoy it too. So. Okay, well let's let's okay, keep some for us. All right, thanks, Lena. Bye-bye. <laughs> you, bye bye. Uh, let's see, Mike and Surprise. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Brian. A couple of quick questions. Uh, one, I have a uh, prickly pear that was about 25 years old. Uh, most of it went dead, but I cut off some of the pods. Mm-hmm. And transplanting those pods, uh, would I just, uh, I've cut a few of those off. Would I just let those heal up for a few days and then uh, put them in another uh, hole, put some water in there, and just let uh, the water uh, absorb in the soil? 
And I was just wondering if I should put any kind of uh, amendment or anything in there or just basically put that in there uh, a few inches deep and just let it go. Well, that would be fine. The only problem, Mike, is now our days are getting colder. You know, and once the nights get cold, they don't propagate as easy. But, you know, they'll last in the soil if you don't overwater them. So, you know, I think that would be fine. Or you could put them in a container that might be a little lighter soil and easier to manage them for this winter time, and then plant them back into the ground in the in the you know spring. Or you could just leave okay. the pad, or you can leave the pads just kind of sit on the side of the house. And I'll tell you, they might last all the way to spring just sitting there too. Yeah, it's not a big problem to let them go for two weeks or a month or more. No, not at all, huh? As long as they're just not in the sun and, and drying out, you know, they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, they're in the shade. I put them in the shade, so I think they should be okay. Yeah. Uh, so probably, uh, for the most part, uh, prickly pear cacti, uh, they don't need any amendments. For no, the they're, they're, about as, they're about as easy to propagate as there is. You know, as long as your soil's not too heavy a clay, you don't keep them too wet, they'll probably be fine. Okay. Uh, second question, I have a vegetable garden that I want to put uh, 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 probably part of it in some buckwheat. Is this a good time to put some buckwheat in now and, and let it go until it gets warmer? Well, you know, I think it would be fine. I've really never grown it, Mike. My, my neighbors, though, my friend John down in Aztec, he used to grow winter wheat, and it was amazing. I can remember once about 10 years ago, he planted this winter crop of wheat, watered it once, and it rained, and it just took care of his whole crop, and he grew a dryland farm crop down here. So, you know, it is a good, pretty good time of year to grow wheat. But I'm not familiar okay. with the buckwheat itself. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye Bye now. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we've got one line available. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. On this day, December the 8th, 1980, John Lennon was shot and killed outside of his New York apartment.
Welcome back, folks. Uh, beautiful John, song by David Bowie and John Lennon. Wrote it together. Um, I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any size, any kind, come out and see us. Beautiful uh, citrus trees, ash trees, well, pine trees, palm trees, whatever, whatever your dreams are. And we also have great flowers and vegetables and all kinds of fun stuff for the season. We even got a few kind of cute little pumpkins left, especially if you're looking for little kids' pumpkins that are kind of tall and little oblong, kind of fun shapes. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 264070 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing beautiful flowers and shrubs and trees and palms right here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Back to the phones. we got Patrick in Mesa. Hi, Patrick. Uh, good morning, Brian. How you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a question for you. I have two beautiful um, Chilean mesquite trees. Um, they've been in for about 15 years, so they're very big and wide. They're on the north side of my backyard, and there's a wall, I guess, on the opposite side of them. I, I tried planting some lantern. I was trying to get some some shrubs, some taller shrubs, um, but because of the shade that the trees provide, the the um, oleanders didn't grow. So I'm, I'm trying to see if there's a shrub I can plant that doesn't need a lot of sunlight. You know, there's something kind of green, Patrick, that might work pretty well. You might look at uh, Boxwood Beauty Natal Plum. And okay. it, it grows kind of in the sun and the shade. If you're trying to get a little color in some shade, there's a plant called Exora, I-X-O-R-A, and it's a little bit more... Uh, it's a little bit more tropical. And then there's a tropical Mexican honeysuckle or regular Mexican honeysuckle. And those will take a little more shade as well. Okay. Uh, and you said the Exora. How, how do you spell the Exora? It's I-X-O-R-A. Okay. Thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. Like I said, because of the shade, it's, it, I didn't have much success with the oleander. I figured if oleanders I'm going to grow, I need to look. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you. There, there are plants that like more shade than oleanders. I mean, they're they a pretty tough plant for North Africa, but uh, these others should probably do better. Okay. Thank you very Thanks, much. Pat. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Brooke and Chandler. Good morning, Brooks. Good morning. Morning. I got kind of a off the pace question here. It's about potting. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife's really got a great green thumb. She does all the potting and all. I do all the work. <laughs> and my problem is that we have these large pots. They're probably about eighteen inches in diameter. And after the plants are in there a while, the roots come growing out the bottom. And what I'm doing is trying to find some fill to put in there so the roots won't roots won't get out the bottom drain hole and um i've been using i have used uh just some uh what do you call it weed cloth Mm -hmm. and there's a barrier over stones in the bottom but it seems to be fairly effective but when it's not these things are murdered and dump over and clean out and it ain't no fun well you know what i would do with them is i would elevate them and create an air gap there so if you would put some bricks or something to raise the pots up off the ground so they're not in contact with the ground, the moisture won't stay there at ground level. It'll dry out here in our nice dry desert climate, and the roots probably won't skip down that far and get below the pot. Huh. 
Yeah, I've got them sitting on a couple of bricks now just to keep them level because the soil, uh, with the weight of the pot and the water and all, they tend to lift a little bit. Well, if you can kind uh, of clean out, about- clean, clean out from underneath there, okay, so there's not the soil you know, going down below your bricks to connect with the ground. Are they on, on dirt or on, on a patio? Where do you have them? Uh, they're essentially in a platter on a patio, but they're okay. in uh, they're on dirt. They're on dirt, yeah. So you're going to have to elevate them more and make sure that that you know we get a air you know barrier in there in between, and that should be effective for you. I can do that. You might, Thank you, you, very might much. you might need to get a bigger brick, Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 no! Take care. Bye bye, uh, Nancy and Gilbert. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. How are you? Enjoy the morning. Good. Um, I have a, a question about some barrel cactuses. Um, they're they're kind of they're about eight inches, but we notice that they're not they don't have any green underneath them. They're kind of you know from the heat and everything, and they have been watered too much. Um, I don't know what the problem is. Should they get fertilized more water, or they're not very big at all? Well, young ones, yeah, you're not going to change it much this time of year because the days are getting cooler. When you want to fertilize, right. the, the, the cactus is going to be in March. And then as the days get longer, they'll do better. And for most barrels, yeah. um, are they golden barrels? Are they red barrels? What yeah. color? Golden barrels? No, they're golden. Okay, yeah. so golden barrels are kind of a semi-tropical variety that basically comes from Baja. California. So it's a little more tropical than our fire barrels and the desert barrels here. But if you'll water them, you know, at least weekly in the spring, and if you want to fertilize them, uh, you know, starting when it warms up in March, uh, they'll grow much faster. Okay. So just don't give up on them and don't, I don't need to water them a lot right now. No, once every, you know, how long have have you had them? Uh, probably two years. Okay, so yeah, uh, watered them right now once every two weeks is plenty. I've got to let you go. We're out of time, and I'll take all the rest of the calls off the air. Enjoy your uh, your weekend, folks. Remember to love each other and work together, and the more we can do together and uh, to accept and love our neighbors, especially the ones we disagree with, makes our life a lot more pleasant. You know, and remember that we're only forgiven when we forgive. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.